Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. You have picked up so much slack in the last like three weeks, four weeks. Just so you know, the pendulum will swing. At some point, you're going to need this slack picked up and your girl's going to have your back. Because like I have needed, no. I've literally needed it so much and you've just like given it to me. I'll give everything to you. I know you will. Do you have like a headband in right now? <laughs> no. What's, what's, ha- <laughs> what's happening? with your hair <laughs> I, I slept on it but I, I had a little um, oh that's cute when my hair was in curls yesterday I yeah. had it like a little I slept on it though so it looks kind of chaotic now but I no it looks really cute now that I see the whole thing but I didn't see the top half so it looked like you had like kind of a headband in but not a headband in and you I don't think you've ever worn a headband since the day I've met you so I was like are you okay like do, do I need to call someone like, what's going on? Yeah, I, it kind of did look like a headband, but my look was cute yesterday. I had, like, um, high-waisted denim shorts, but I had, like, I was wearing, like, my Britney crop and, like, Ooh. high socks with my Stan oh. Smiths, and then my hair was, like, How are we up. talking? Like, cute high or, like, to your oh. knees high? <laughs> That's because I pictured knees, even though I, that would never happen. That's what I pictured. No, to, like, my little ankle. You do have little ankles. <laughs> no, no half up half down so I felt very like felt very 90s I love when my look is like fun and kind of like childlike but not in a creepy way in like a fun way (laughs) I like dressing like a child you know what I mean like if I'm wearing my overalls and I'm like oh I'm cute but I'm also sexy Uh uh-huh it's definitely sexy yeah my overalls are really sexy you guys should see them but um, someone said they liked my style and that I'm a mix of mask and femme. Yeah. Who said, was that on our Instagram? No, just someone uh, DM'd me this morning. Oh, my God. Who? Let's give them a shout out. That's so nice. Erin Hutima. Love her. They, they, sorry, they? They. Them. Yeah, I'm going to say they. I don't know. But Erin um, just said, because I reposted the song Heat Waves by Glass Animals, which has been my favorite song, like, literally for a month it's so good mm-hmm. why are you laughing song. no i just love when persis has a new favorite song because i don't shut up about it listen you guys know this about persis like she just loves stuff like she's very passionate so and it comes down to like a song if she likes a song like she likes a song it's true so anyway aaron responded being like hey this is my favorite summer bop and i was like it's a favorite for me too um on repeat and then they go also, I love your style. A little mask with the feminine vibe, and you pull it off very well. Wait, are they flirting with you? Erin. Erin. Do you love me? Are you me? trying to slide into her DMs? Because 
kind of working. It's kind of working. I'm feeling some type of way. And calling her a STEM is like a good start. It is a good start. And I like that. I was like, I feel that. I'm I'm like scarfing down a croissant right now. If you guys can hear like bread rolling around in my mouth. And I'm sipping on uh, Powerade. That's right. We're we're making do. Listen, guys, I feel like people are worried about us because we keep saying like it's been like a tough time or it's been a weird time or whatever. We've been saying that for months, I feel. Guys, don't worry about us. But truly, on my end, it has been a tough time. I was just saying to Purse before we started recording, like Purse has just picked up the slack and just supported me and been there. Big shout out to Persis. I don't know if you guys know her, but she has just been so helpful in this past few weeks, just like helping me <laughs> cope with life and just like helping with the podcast. Yeah, I just wanted to give you a shout out. Oh, well, thank and, you. And also like if you're listening and you guys listen regularly, you know that we had to miss an episode last week, which we hate doing, but trust us, it was for it was for valid reasons. Not that we need a reason, but just like know that we're going through some stuff and it's all good, but I'm happy that we're recording again. Me too. And also it is one of those things where like, yeah, obviously when I knew Sarah was going through it, I was like, don't, don't do anything. Sit your little butt down. No, she was like, you need to get your shit together and record an episode because yeah, like right now the podcast comes first. Always. Which is Pod- true. <laughs> the podcast over everything. Over my mental health, over my physical health. <laughs> everything combined but we are back and honestly all i can say is if you want to send sarah an uber eats gift card you can oh my god i would accept it with so much love and i would just eat so much pizza and indian oh my god i would order so much palak paneer so just like let me know garlic naan or if you just want to send me garlic naan like that's okay as well a garlic Um, naan pizza oh my god is that a thing I don't think so, but it should be. Holy shit. You can't just like make that up to me. It would be so good. We can make it. We can literally make it at home. Do like an Indian-Italian fusion restaurant? That's going to be my wedding. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so excited for your wedding. <laughs> I mean, our wedding. our wedding. We are going to Vancouver this week, which we've been teasing a little bit here and there with you guys. And I'm actually leaving tonight and Percy Buns is leaving tomorrow. So we are we're coming in hot. Well, by the time you guys by the, by the time you guys hear this episode, we'll have been there for like days and days. But at the time of this recording, I'm leaving tonight. I'm so excited. It is so needed. It's not even funny how needed it is. Oh, yeah, for I think all of us. <laughs> all of us all of us including you guys, like everyone. Everyone yes. needs this vacation. Everyone, 100%. 100%. No, I can't wait. And I've never been out west. In Canada, I can't wait to lay on the beach. Oh, oh my God, our our Airbnb is right by the beach. So if anyone's in Kitsilano, just like come over there, and we'll probably run into you on the beach because that's where we're gonna be if you're looking for us. And I'm just so excited. It's gonna be so nice. Me too. I can't wait. I can't wait to see you. We're gonna see each other in person. I know we haven't seen each other in a long time. Not since Pride. Yeah, but we we continue to keep the LDR alive. Yeah, we're LDR experts. We should host. We should host another podcast that is just about how to have a successful LDR. That's gonna be our podcast, girl on girl, on long distance. We just do like a whole bunch of different podcasts. We build like a podcast empire, and it's just girl on girl on new topic, girl on girl on new topic. 
That's not a bad I idea. I would listen. That's not a bad idea. Imagine how much talking we do in a week, like how much speaking we would have to do. Oh, too much speaking. I can barely speak right now. Also, before we dive into our topic today, we just wanted to tease. We were guests on a really cool podcast called The Big Queer Book Club, and they were awesome. We loved them. They were like so much fun to talk to. We talked to them for like a long time because we just couldn't stop chatting. Like we were having the best time. I want to say um, it was almost like a three-hour conversation. Something like that. It, it was like, it didn't feel long, but it was long because we were having such a good time. And they, when they bring guests on, they all read a book and then talk about the book. It's like a book club. And so we read this really cool book and um, had a great time. So that's going to come out on their podcast. I think they said sometime in August or September. So we'll let you guys know when it does. So you can take a listen and listen to the rest of their episodes because they're great. And we're hoping to have them on the podcast too. So you guys can meet them over on the Girl on Girl channels. Wee oui, wee. Oui. I think you'll really enjoy oui, this. Wee 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 mon ami. <laughs> okay, Percy Buns, what is our topic today? Tell the world. Tell them. So Sarah and I are going to be talking about queer fan fiction. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Honestly, I used to love fan fiction. Okay. As a high schooler, and I didn't really realize it was fan fiction, if that makes sense. I mean, for, for you guys, listeners, if you don't know what fan fiction is, they're basically just stories written by a fan community um, featuring characters, settings, and plots from already like pre-existing TV shows, books, or even like you can write about like two musicians and like just create a story around them or something. So it can totally be like something you make up on the spot. It's your own type of like story. Basically, most of the time, like a high percentage of these fan fictions are like erotica fan fictions, mm-hmm. which is like a little spicy. You got into some like spicy romance. I think that's why fanfic is like such a niche thing. I think that's why, because at the end of the day, it is just st- story writing. It's just, which is, you know, universal. But then fanfic has its own very specific like thing. Like it's almost always something to do with love, relationship, sex. Always. And I think why we really wanted to talk about it for this girl on girl episode is because queer fan fiction specifically is a really, really big deal. I'm not going to speak for everything, but I do think that a lot of the times they're queer storylines. I think the reason behind that is after doing some more research into it, it's because especially during that time, I want to say when like fanfic was really picking up, like it's been around forever, but when Wattpad was a thing, like became a thing in the 2010s. Oh yeah, um, Wattpad. Wattpad is such a good, it's like a basically an online community where anyone can like just submit their own writing and publish it. It's good to go. Um, so it's a really good way for like writers to kind of just like dive into it and they can be totally anonymous. But there wasn't so much representation in the 2010s like Sarah and I have talked about on different episodes. So mm-hmm. a lot of people would lean into their own storytelling and then they'd build a fan community through it. And some examples of this are definitely like Larry Stylinson. Larry Stylinson was huge in the fanfic world of like creating these narratives between Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson being in love with each other. There's ones for Dreary, which was Draco Malfoy and Harry Potter. Oh my God. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either, but apparently- Oh, I want to read those. Dreary was really popular. There was also- John Locke, which was Sherlock Holmes and John Watson from the TV show Sherlock. 
Sherlock. Uh, Sherlock. <laughs> oh my God, Sherlock. Like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Sherlock. Sherlock. <laughs> you guys know what I mean, Sherlock Holmes. We know what you're talking about. We know you, girl. There's Bacloe. I'd never heard of this, which was Becca Mitchell and Chloe Beale from the Pitch Perfect series. Oh my God. Becca was played by Brittany Snow, right? Wasn't Becca Anna Kendrick? Oh, yeah. Sorry. And then who was the other girl in the fanfic? Chloe. Whoever played Chloe Beale. I think it might have been Brittany Snow. And yeah, that was Brittany Snow. And and remember they had that like scene in the shower where Brittany Snow was singing Titanium? Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was so I was never into fanfic. I didn't really know what it was. I just knew it kind of existed. And every now and then I would see like something pop up in my internet life where I was like, what's this? Like this, this is hilarious. It's like a a fake story between two famous people. But since we started the podcast, we've had quite a few queer listeners just chat with us about how important fanfic has been for them and on top of fanfic just like fan communities like even with Catherine's mailbag which is one of the first mailbags we ever did she has found most of her queer community in like just a fan base around a tv show or a certain like couple in a tv show and I think fanfic is a part of that world it's like taking relationships that either exist or don't exist and then expanding on them and turning them into whatever you want, whether they're real people or characters in a show. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a beautiful thing because it's kind of like the story just doesn't end there. Like, let's continue this. And I think that it's making a reality for queer people to relate to. So even if the show doesn't even get there, like for example, in a pitch perfect example, like Chloe and Becca don't actually have a romantic relationship in the series at all. But it's like, yeah, for a queer person like myself, I would probably definitely appreciate seeing where that could have gone with the two of them. So that's where like fan fiction can be helpful for me. And then I can relate it to my own life. Yeah. Yeah. There's exactly. such a lack of that. Yeah, totally. And I think like you were saying that like fan fiction can be scoffed at sometimes because, because a lot of times it is erotica and it's not written by by quote-unquote professional writers and sometimes it can be kind of like funny or kind of like like out of out of the realm of what you think the possibility is um but I think especially for young queer people it's just a way to like see their identity somewhere like see see themselves in something when the representation like you said isn't always there on tv or in movies or whatever people do kind of sometimes laugh at fanfic because you're, like like you said, it's not necessarily written by professionals, in air quotes. And I mean, there's definitely some fanfic, I'm sure, that you'll come across on the internet that's just like, maybe it's, <laughs> okay, I'm not trying to laugh, but we're just, but that's, but it's like anything, like there's going to be stuff that's like bad. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like movies. There's movies that are just bad. There's there's music that just isn't good in in your personal opinion and I've you've shown me fanfic before that we've like howled at because it's so like poorly written or I don't know just like makes absolutely no sense or it's it just like makes you giggle but that's just like you know you could read a non fanfiction piece of writing and do the same thing you know exactly and I do think that some of the uh, stories like depending on how old the person is who's writing it first of all props to them for writing it but I remember (laughs) in high school I read a fanfic because 
I mean, I don't have to say this. I don't have to explain to you guys my love for Demi Lovato, but you right. already know. Oh, no, you know. But when I was in high school, I used to look up Demi Lovato. I don't even know if I'd write fan fiction because I didn't know if it, if it was fan fiction, but I would write like Demi Lovato smut or something. Which... What's that? What's that? <laughs> okay, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but it's kind of like what people would tag in their stories if it was erotica. Oh, what does that mean? Yeah, smut on like urban dictionary terms says when two or more characters, fictional or non-fictional, have a sexual encounter with each other. It could be all sex with a little story plot. I wonder why like smut though. I always wonder where words come from. Like who came up with smut? Yeah, what does it stand for? I feel like it's not an acronym. I think it's just like a thing. Yeah, I guess it's just a thing. But for example, one of the stories, I remember this because I was like, I don't remember what the, what it was called. But in terms of maybe like someone laughing at this fan fiction, it was basically like this character, they would always say YN, which stands for your name. So you would picture it as you. Yeah. And <laughs> in this story in particular, they, so this would be me. I'm envisioning me in, go, going into the story with Demi. Mm-hmm. I'm in an elevator Demi enters the elevator. We get trapped in the elevator together. Okay. Demi looks at me and falls in love with me. Of course, yeah. And I think in this one story, it was just super quick. It was like, she looked at me and like, we fell in love or like our eyes locked and it was like instant, which you know what? I get it. Love at first sight. That can totally happen. Of course, yeah. We basically go from that to like, just having sex in the elevator. (laughs) Okay. That makes sense though. That makes sense. That can happen. It could totally happen. But I think just the way they wrote it, it was like, it was pretty funny. I couldn't, I wish I, if I could find it, I will drop the link in the show notes. Please do. Please do. There, and actually this is kind of what reminded me is because I was looking up a, an article. It was on Vice where someone was saying, I think they're anonymous, the person who wrote it. They were going by Sat, Satviki. Anyway, they were saying that fan fiction helped them come to terms with their queer identity Zatviki said, when I put it this way, it sounds a little ridiculous, but I do believe the butterfly effect exists and small events have the power to change entire courses of lives. For me, that small event was coming across a Twitter thread and that change in the course of my life was the realization that I was bisexual. Yes, I think I think that's not s- ridiculous to say at all. Like even you being in high school and looking up the demi smut, like you still hadn't come out or come to terms with uh, like who you liked or who you were really and so imagine how much just reading that probably helped you be like oh I liked reading that oh like, I, I loved it that realization of that you liked reading that it's like oh interesting I wonder what that means yeah and in this article too like it's it's a it's a really great article actually well you can even link it for people but it kind of goes into how a lot of queeper queeper <laughs> queepers can we please, please coin, please coin the term queepers? Yeah. <laughs> Just like, maybe that's what our fans will be called when, the we're, when we're famous. The queepers. Guys, please forgive me. I had some tequila shots last night for my gal Camille's promotion. She did. Congratulations, Camille. You deserve it. And purses deserve that tequila. Yes, I did. <laughs> now it's paying for a big time. But uh, a lot of queer people or queepers, as we like to say. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me right now. Um, 
<laughs> but they <Quipers>. honestly <laughs> like okay. this really resonated with me too because they would say that they would watch mainstream heterosexual relationships romance and I knew I liked romance as a kid in high school, but was always so confused as to why I wasn't feeling anything when I'd see a hetero couple fall in love. I, I just was like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it's cute. But then there was something about reading the Demi fanfics, for example, which I didn't even recognize at the time, but I was really feeling it. Like, I almost became obsessed with it. That makes sense. Yeah. I remember being a teen and just getting obsessed with stuff. Like when you find something that you like or that interests you or that is teaching you something about yourself, it's just like you like you have so much time on your hands too, right? <laughs> so yeah. like and it's just you just become obsessed with the thing. I think that's so normal. I feel like everyone listening to this had something that they were obsessed with. Yours 100- was Demi Smut. <laughs> Mine was Demi Smut and I want to hear what you guys were obsessed with, but there's something so getting into erotica or smut what i found actually really interesting about reading some of this stuff on like an online forum like wattpad compared to like watching porn for example is that like the it said this in the article too that they kind of depicted it in a more like realistic way especially for like first timers you know like if you had you're having sex for the first time but they would like really frame the story in a way that actually seemed very realistic as opposed to lesbian sex that you'd watch on Pornhub, which is often like right. two straight women totally like dramatizing the whole thing. It does not feel like how it would be. But then right. it also gets into very like hardcore stuff. So like there's bondage, submission, and there was something that uh, I had never, I had never heard of this at all, but the article was talking about niche tropes, like alpha, beta, omega, omega dynamics. Okay. Where people are essentially werewolves and fall into one of those categories of people who have more animalistic sexual instincts. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I I was like, that's really interesting. Yeah. I feel like, and that, I mean, there's so many different categories of like what people can be into. And I feel like when it comes to writing, like there's no limit to where you can go. You can create any sort of story for any sort of niche. And I think fanfic is one of those places where like all the niches are there you just have to search for them and they exist oh for sure for sure and um it also can it can like teach you a lot about sex like even for me too not knowing much about queer sex at all as a high schooler like I didn't yeah. learn about it I didn't know when I was reading like a demi demi fanfic or even did I ever read any of the fifth harmony ones because there were there were ones with them. Um, Camilla Cabello and Lauren Haregi. Right, right, yeah. I definitely would have come across it, um, where they would describe, like, lesbian sex in the book or in the story. Mm-hmm. How long are fanfics usually? Some of them are, like, legit Stories? Books, stories, okay. like, yeah. And I remember there was a time when I would read one, and it would, like, they'll be, like, stay tuned for the next chapter coming out, like, next week or something. So I was never into fanfic, but I could have seen myself easily being into it because like when you're a teen, you're so invested in like these TV shows you're watching or or whatever like you're consuming, whether it's books or movies or music, like you're so invested in the in the people that like if there's something that exists that's like creating this extended version of that story, it's like a whole world Sometimes, like, as teens, especially, like your life exists in like other worlds that aren't your own. Like, whether it's a TV show. For me, it was a lot of, like, TV shows I would imagine myself, like, in One Tree Hill or whatever. Um, or I loved I loved music and I loved 
people like Taylor Swift and I would imagine myself as like that person and living in that world playing like stadiums and so like when that world can just continue past what all the things you already know like it's so exciting and you feel like you're a part of a community because you're realizing as you're reading this fanfic that another person who's also a fan wrote it and they're also it's almost being like I'm not crazy for like imagining these things in my head because someone else imagined it and they wrote it down and they put it on the internet it's like feeling like you have camaraderie which as we know for the queer community feeling like there's you have people who understand, who are like you, who like the same things you do is just vital. It's so important. Yes. And I love, I love the way you put it where it's like, these are all your own fantasies in your head, but someone is just taking them and putting it there for you to read it and be like, feel heard and feel seen. Like yeah. there's so many situations where even the ones with like Britannia, which was like Brittany and Santana from Glee. Yeah. We already knew they were established couple in Glee, but fanfic about them would just take it a step further than the show would and I think that's so creative and people even say like now um the season season four of atypical was its final season but people are so invested in Cassie which is Casey and Izzy's relationship and people are saying Netflix we need a spinoff show but I have no doubt in my mind that there's probably already so many fanfic out there of Casey and Izzy's relationship taking it somewhere that atypical the show couldn't do it. It's like a fan of them them is going to be like probably writing a whole story about them. Yeah. Well, that's what this Vice article that we were, that we mentioned earlier was saying as well. Like a lot of fanfic comes from um, queer people watching popular media and then feeling unsatisfied by the LGBTQIA plus storylines. What, whether like they're unsatisfied that there wasn't one like queer baiting right like if if a queer couple was implied but nothing the story wasn't actually written then it's unsatisfying or if there is a queer narrative but it's not really explored at all and like queer people are watching it and they're totally unsatisfied and they're not seeing themselves in that relationship like they can take it offline well technically online but you know what I mean yes no 100 percent So, I mean, I think it's great. And actually, I have a friend who recently told me that she used to write fanfic all the time when she was in high school. And she said she actually, like, was popular and she had to stop because she was so overwhelmed because (gasps) people would, like, be just requesting for more stories. And at one point, she's like, oh, my God, I just, like, started this for fun. And she would write about Larry Stylinson. Oh, I was going to ask, like, one, one thing I was curious about was if, like, fanfic writers have, like, you know, a specialty. Like, this is this is the couple I write about. Or I would imagine so, right? Like, they find a niche and then they, like, really, really just, like, go for it. I think they do because she was saying she, she would write about Larry Stylinson and she got a little overwhelmed. But even um, in the show Euphoria, they talk about fanfic and they talk about Wattpad because one of the characters, Kat, became like famous, but no one knew who she was. She was anonymous, but she was famous online for her Larry Stylinson stories. And oh, no was, way. What they would talk about was like Kat in school, like no one knew who she was, but in the online world, she was literally a celebrity. That's so interesting. And the Larry Stylinson stuff, I just wanted to touch on this really quick. Purse and I recorded a YouTube video for her channel back in the fall or the summer of last year and it was gay compilations I think like watching gay compilations um, on YouTube and just like chatting about them and most of them were like standing like standing couples together and 
we did a whole bunch and one of them was Larry Stylinson, which neither of us really knew anything about. Like neither of us were big One Direction fans and like I honestly didn't even really know that was a thing, but it was it was interesting to watch like this compilation where it was trying to it was basically trying to like give you the evidence that they're together. And we got like I don't want to say hate but we got some heat like almost all the comments were like Larry Stylinson is real like how dare you even imply or laugh like how dare you and like girls <laughs> I remember a few of them were like girls I came here for the Larry Stylinson content and I was like not impressed and or there wasn't enough of it so I'm bored and we were like it was just surprising I was like I didn't realize the Larry Stylinson narrative is going strong. It's 2021 and it is going strong. And I don't know if it's ever going to die. I don't think it'll ever die. I think that was like a forever thing. And because I think they thought we were like making fun of them and we were not. We were just finding it so fascinating how these videos were able to pick up like <laughs> so many of the little details. Yeah. I mean, we weren't laughing at them, but the video was funny. It was funny. It was like just had the most hilarious little like comments they would put in they would take something that really didn't seem like anything at all and then turn it into something which is what fanfic is and that's what standing is I understand but it was funny it was sorry sorry not sorry and also we're 27 and 26 like we're not you know what I mean like we're not you know we're not 14 and in love with One Direction, which there's that's there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like we're a different age bracket. Yeah, exactly. Different <laughs> age bracket, different tax bracket. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to mention that because I remember being like so shocked and we got so many comments. People were like, people were kind of happy we talked about them and then also like not happy that we only spent a small chunk of time on them and we kind of laughed at it, but... Also, I love Harry Styles and I mean Louis Tomlinson, I'm sure he's a great guy. And I'm and you know what? I'm sure something did happen between them. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised if something did. I'm not gonna confirm it. I don't know for sure, but like you heard it here first. <laughs> girl on girl, girl announces. <laughs> Larry Stylinson is real. It's real. I bet you there are so many podcasts out there that are dedicated to Larry Stylinson. There are actually. We should have some, like one of them on the pod. Would you guys like that? Having like a fanfic stanner? Yes. Queeper on? Want to have the queepers on? <laughs> okay. Also, before I forget, I wanted to just read out this quote that that purse found. So in a 2013 survey of Archive of Our Own Users, which is a fanfic site, only 38% of respondents identified themselves as heterosexual. That's really interesting. Around 80% of respondents identified as women. 80%. That's not super surprising. And more than 50% of the survey's respondents identified as women who were of sexualities other than heterosexual. These statistics imply the majority of users of the site as of 2013 were largely demographic minorities in the mainstream media they wrote fan fiction for. I think that's like not surprising though, don't you think? Yeah, sorry. When I was reading that first stat, I thought it was saying 38% were not heterosexual. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's surprising. But never mind. It's not, surpri <laughs> it's not surprising at all. This is completely understandable. Why do you think women are more into fanfic than men? Oh, that's a that's a good question. And there is another thing where like women are also very fascinated with gay men. I am. 
hello, I love Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I just love the movie, but yeah, I, I love, I mean, I love all queer stories, but I really have like a, I don't know what it is. Like, I, I do have a fascination with gay male stories between two men. I just think, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I wonder what that is. Do you think it's like also just like a form of escapism for you? Like it's so far from your reality and you just find it like, it's just a different love story to get invested in? I don't know if it's escapism. I think I just, I love love too. Like I love romance, even if it might not seem like it. And I think there's something about a queer love story that is like a a whole extra level of romantic because, you know, and we're working towards this not being the narrative every time there's a queer love story. But the queer love stories that we grew up with were like, it's kind of forbidden. It's you have to you have to defy the odds to be together. You have to, you know. You're ch- you're not just being some with someone to be with someone. You're choosing them because you love. You have such strong feelings for them and you love them. And I always really gravitated towards that. And I found so many queer love stories that I have been exposed to are that way. I don't know why like male love stories in particular. Maybe it's just because I love men. Like mm-hmm. maybe because I'm attracted to men. Mm-hmm. That that's why. That might make sense. Like I. You are. You know what I mean. Yeah. I'm. Re- I I've been trying to tell you like. Honestly, we've, we're on episode like 22 or 23 now, and I've been trying to tell you and like dropping subtle hints. And so I decided for this episode, I was just going to say it. I'm glad I know now. I know that it probably was a bit confusing considering our history, but yeah, I'm attracted to men. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely confusing. We'll talk about this later. Um, yeah. But I wanted to get back to your question about why do you think like the stats are so high for like women who are writing the fanfic? Um, yeah, why do you think? I don't even know if I have an answer because I wanted to say like, this is just such an assumption, but I feel like maybe because you can be anonymous, but I was later thinking like, do you think women have a little bit more comfort like expressing themselves? So like, and like writing fan fiction is like a form of expression, especially when it's something like a bit more vulnerable. Yes, that would be my best guess is just that women are taught to be more sensitive, yeah, more expressive. They're taught to um, think about romance more, talk about romance more. Women are women are typically taught that like romance is the goal, right? The goal is to like fall in love. Even like Disney movies, like the princess's goal is to fall in love and like kiss the prince. So I think, yeah, just like men aren't really taught that. They're taught more about success and like skills and um that kind of thing and protection but yeah I think it's just like a matter of sensitivity and having that need to like explore romance and explore love and feeling Mm -hmm. that's true and also yeah like bringing it back to like the Disney princess factor that's so true like all these when we look back at it all these princesses goals were to get with the prince I'm just so happy like like, kids (laughs) oh that's why Mul- I I swear that's why Mulan was my favorite Disney movie because I was like this is something different like oh my god I re- I never really related to to the girls before like I never related to Cinderella I never related to that I'm not trying I'm not trying to you know like find love at a ball but when Mulan was like I'm gonna save China I was like I relate to that on a very specific <laughs> personal <laughs> level because. You know, I had that same experience. I, you know what scene I used to love from Mulan? <laughs> Which one? This was like the scene uh, with Send Me Places when she literally 
was like running off the roof. She like set the roof on fire or she like had that like um, contraption, which was, it was like zooming towards the bad guy, but she was like, oh my God, I need to run. Otherwise it's going to get me. And then she just jumped and then she like swings down the line (laughs) on like a, a lantern or something. Yeah. So. I actually just watched Mulan recently, so I know I, I can, like, describe what happened. They were fireworks. So it was, I think it might have been Chinese New Year, or maybe they were just having a celebration that they won the war. It was one or the other. And they they had fireworks, and they were celebrating. And so she was shooting fireworks at him, which was badass. And then, she, yeah, she leaped off the roof, and there was, there was basically, like, a string. It was almost like a, what's it called? What's it called when you hold on to the thing and you and you slide zip down lining. the wire? Zip, zip lining. lining. It was like a zip line, but yes, it had lanterns on it. It was like a d- decoration. And she took she took a little scarf and she wrapped it around the line and just swooped. Swoop, swoop. So smooth. And you know what? Since Mulan is your fave, my favorite's Jasmine. Uh, also, love Jasmine. such a badass. Yeah, she was a badass. I like that story too, because yes, a lot. Yes, of course, it was a love story, but she's also like trying to defy the odds. She was trying to defy the odds, but I mean, listen, can we get Mulan and Jasmine fanfic? That exists, hundred percent. That exists. There's no way it doesn't. Sarah, we should ask if someone can write a fanfic about us. Oh my god, guys. Anyone listening who enjoys fanfic and or writes it, we would be so grateful if you wrote some fanfic about us. We would frame it. We would put it in our home after we get married. Yeah. Even though I'm attracted to men. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what she keeps saying. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But we I would love a little fanfic. And listen, I know Sarah keeps saying she's attracted to men. But like Don't say it like that. (laughs) Attracted to men. I'm so sorry for your loss. Um Honestly, I feel like it'd just be easier to not be, but whatever. No, trust me, it's not easier. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry, that's that's totally fair. It's tough either way, okay? Love love is love tough. Love hurts. But I was going to say, attraction comes in different forms. So even though Sarah's saying she's attracted to men, she's, she's told me on multiple occasions how much she's attracted to my mind and my heart <laughs> and my... Uh, Your mind. My, yeah, I, I have, yeah. My, uh, I won't say this on the podcast. It's way too... Um, explicit it's very smut oh it's very smut driven should we do a whole episode that's just smut yep s&p smut (laughs) and we're reading it out like a table read yes (laughs) guys if you write fanfic about us we'll read it on on a future episode that's our promise to you yeah so listen you guys have a deadline what's the deadline (laughs) we'll give them a month Oh, okay. So we're recording this on August 10th, 2021. So by September 10th, 2021, we would love to see some fanfic in our inbox. Girlxgirlpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll we'll read them. We will read whatever you send us. Well, depend depending on how explicit it is. Like I'm not I mean, I don't know. I'm not about to read anything that's like inappropriate. What does inappropriate even mean to us though? That's so true. As I was saying it, I was like, all we talk about is inappropriate stuff. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll read whatever fanfic you send us. Take back what I said. Exactly. I'm taking it back right now. Chop, chop. Because the world's burning. So that's my yeah. rationale. Literally. So I'll read your fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> and save the world like Mulan. 
I want to go Mulan on climate change's ass. That's what that's what I want to do. That's my dream. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to just like call Greta Thunberg and I don't know, figure it out. In reality, you're Mulan and I'm Mushu. That's so <laughs> true. <laughs> Mushu is so cute and fun and funny. Everyone loves Mushu. But Mulan is like, people don't really like her. She's yeah, but hiding they, herself. She is hiding herself, but they like her. No, they don't. Remember when she goes to the the debutante thing at the beginning and um, you'll, you'll bring honor to us all. And then she doesn't bring honor to them all. And the cricket goes in that woman's butt or whatever. <laughs> do, you do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, there's just like a cricket. It goes in her butt or something, like in her mouth. <laughs> something happens with the cricket. <laughs> oh, my God. And the scene, I'm sorry, I'm just laughing when the, the grandma, like, puts it's the lucky cricket, like, walks across, like, the, <laughs> the busiest road with her eyes closed. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm the grandma. <laughs> oh. Or maybe I'm the cricket. Yeah. No, you're definitely Mulan. Oh, my God. I just want to – honestly, that's the dream come true. There you go. Anything else we want to say about fanfic? I feel like just in general, like, fanfic is such an incredible – it's one of those things that I just know nothing about and I think is so cool. Like, this really cool subset of the queer world that, like, almost exists in its own little – on its own little planet, but it means so much to so many people. And I totally get why. I think it makes perfect sense. That's how I feel about it too. I think I'm I'm definitely grateful for it because like I said, I didn't even realize like how much fanfic was helping me when I was a teen. Honestly, probably until I read the Vice article because I was like, wait a minute, I used to really feel these stories when I was like 16. But I kind of like just passed it by because I was like, oh, it's just like a little light read, whatever. But I think that did help me come to terms with um, my sexuality because I realized how much yeah. I was enjoying the Demi Lovato smut. And I realized that early on. Totally. totally. And even if you weren't in the moment being like, oh, my God, I really enjoy this. You, you were just like exploring. And I think like we've talked about before, like the most important thing is just to keep exploring yourself, to keep figuring out like what who you are and that's what you were doing and you didn't even realize it thank you to whoever wrote that demi smut oh if you're listening and you know somehow it was you we love you we love you let us know yeah please do (laughs) you remember what it was called does fanfic have like titles they they always have a title most of the time and a really cool like fan artwork and i feel like the artwork (gasps) was like demi with pink hair and um i don't think there was another person because they always had it from like your perspective that's another thing about fanfic that i think is really interesting like when they do when there is fanfic that you're inserted into like how cool is that like that's a very unique thing like you don't really it's not like you can watch a movie and you're the pov like or are you like even reading a book like you're not the pov you're reading about other people and imagining the picture in front of you but that that's such a cool unique thing about fanfic and fanfic only is like you get to quite literally insert yourself into the story no wonder no wonder it's so helpful to figure out for so many queer people to figure out their sexuality because they're imagining themselves in it Mm -hmm. and like you can totally take your yourself there and it feels so natural yeah um 
I love it. If you guys love fanfic or loved it at one point in your life or if it helped you discover your sexuality or something about yourself, shoot us a DM and let us know because we'd love to share those stories on a future app. Yes, please. 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 Okay, Pris. In case you missed it. In case you missed it. Get it right. Get it right. Get it right. Get it tight. Get it tight. Get it, tight. Get it right. Mm, get it tight. Get it right. <laughs> I found you, Miss New Booty. Get it together and bring it back to me. That's how Sarah talks to me every day. You're my Miss New Booty. I really am. <laughs> booty, 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 rocking everywhere. Booty, booty, booty. Oh my God. Sorry. Just really quick before we jump into in case you missed it. It was my mom's 60th birthday on the weekend and we were playing. At, we, My dad just went all out and decided to get a limo for us to like have a whole experience it was it was wild it was so fun and we were in the limo and we decided to start playing like birthday songs like anything like involving birthday <laughs> and then it was just like playing a playlist of birthday songs that were like fine and then it started playing um all I want for my birthday is a big booty how all I want for my birthday is <laughs> like my 60 year old mom was like just I feel popping. Like it's risky to put on like a birthday playlist. Well, yeah, because hello, birthday sex, Jeremiah. Even like Cake by Rihanna. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And it's not even my birthday. <gasps> but I want to lick the icing up. <laughs> Ew, cut that out. That was creepy. I know you want it in the worst way. Can't wait to blow my candles out. He want that. Like that. K, 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 Oh, such a good song. It's a great song. But you uh, want to put your name on it. I miss her. Okay, in case you missed it. <laughs> so Sarah and I have two little, because these, these kind of like um, are basically similar stories, but really exciting moments in the world. I had just found, about, found out about this particular news this morning about the model Ariel Nichol- Nicholson. I I had no idea, but um, made history as the first transgender person to be featured on the cover of U.S. Vogue. I didn't know that. I literally had no idea. That's so so cool. Ariel Nicholson is an LGBTQ rights activist and is one of the eight models on the um, cover for Generation America, which will be the September issue. And they celebrate models that challenge industry norms. So Ariel's only 20, which is also Oh, wild. wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's incredible. But they're alongside models, um, Anoki Yai, Bella Hadid, Lola Leon, Sherry Shi, Yumi Nu, Kaya Gerber, and Precious Lee. And Ariel shared her excitement in an Instagram post last week, saying, to have the opportunity to participate in the shifting landscape of fashion is a dream come true. Ah, oh, so cool. I just want to look at the the cover while we're talking. Um, And sorry, not to derail this amazing conversation, but just a quick question. Why is Bella Hadid uh, challenging industry norms? Do you know? I don't, I don't know as much about Bella Hadid, but I feel like she's always like very outspoken about, I think, like her thoughts on like the modeling industry. Okay. Got it. Got it. Oh my God. This cover is so great. In this cover, all of them are like sitting it looks like they're sitting around like a Vogue office and just like all smiling and clapping and they look so cute. Oh my God. I love that. All gorgeous. Oh my God. Gorgeous. And also Ariel is 
gorgeous. Pictures of her on the runway. Oh my God. There's this picture of her on the runway and she's wearing this like incredible pink floofy floofy dress with like a fascinator. Holy. She's stunning. Oh my God. If I could ever look that cool. That's my goal. I'm reading here too about Bella Hadid saying she had felt an enormous pressure to be kind of like a sex bot or to have an image as a teen model. Okay, right. And she basically comes out to say, I don't want to be put into a box. I'm allowed to speak. She talks about her insane social anxiety too. Oh, yeah. She's just outspoken. Yeah. I mean, we can probably go into this for, I think there's a lot to cover, but she's also spoken out openly about like racism, stuff like that. I think Mm -hmm. just kind of like breaking the norms, like a lot of models sometimes don't speak out. Right. There's always like this image about them that they're, they don't talk. They just like look really pretty. Yeah. They just look pretty. Yeah. Yeah. But that is so cool. Ariel. I mean, it's kind of shocking. Like Every time we hear something like this, we're like, it's amazing. But it also just like every time surprises me that this is the first time a transgender model is on the cover of Vogue. Like, how is that possible? Especially because Vogue, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're pretty, you know, uh, progressive. Like, the, they're a fashion magazine, so they're they're constantly pushing the needle. So it surprises me this would be the first time. I also think it's incredible that Ariel is on there. And I'm so excited for the time when there is just a spotlight of a transgender model on the cover of Vogue. Like just one transgender person and and all the focus is on them as opposed to like an ensemble. Yeah. Um, but still not diminishing this incredible moment. It's so exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. And it's just like a step forward. I mean, I was also surprised of too. Of course, yeah. But it's only going to continue to get better from there. And, and only we're... 20? Like, girl. <laughs> girl. Girl. When I was 20, I was not on the cover of Vogue. That's that's for sure. You were on the cover of something else. Your heart? Yes, my heart. And <laughs> Playboy? Your, your own album cover. Oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot about that. But you weren't 20. You were younger. Um, changing the subject. Also, another exciting moment, transgender moment, which you – all probably heard about because the Olympics just finished and we were all just like loving the Olympic moments. Um, Quinn, who is a Canadian represent transgender soccer player um, and also non-binary. I think the coolest thing about this. So, okay, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm getting too excited. But Canada, um, the Canadian women's soccer team won gold at the Olympics as a former soccer player and Canadian. I am just beside myself with excitement and happiness because the Canadian women's soccer team has always been so good. We actually have the best female soccer player in the world on our team, Christine Sinclair. But actually, the best soccer player in the world. She's the highest scoring soccer player in the world, male, female, or non-binary. Just had to give Christine Sinclair a little plug. But they have been so great, but they've always been beaten out for like two decades. And they finally won gold. And on the team is an incredible um, player named Quinn. Quinn is non-binary and transgender, and this is the first time that a transgender or non-binary person has won an Olympic medal of any of any color, like bronze, silver, or gold. And they're Canadian. That's incredible. It's just it's so huge. cool. And we've been talking about this like transgender um, people in sports thing a lot lately. Yes. And I just think like this is just like one of those moments that you can't you can't like contest it. It's like Quinn is part of a team, an important asset to the team. And I mean, to be to be clear, Quinn was born a, f- a female 
at birth and is playing on the women's team. Um, so obviously there's like a lot of layers to what we've been talking about with transgender people playing in sports, but regardless, like this is just like a moment to celebrate, I think is what I'm trying to say. Like there's, there just feels like there's nothing controversial here. There's nothing, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like exciting and it's a huge step forward and it's just insane visibility, not only for the transgender community, but the non-binary community, like non-binary is still this thing that people are getting used to and trying to wrap their heads around. And it's like, this is huge representation, like huge, huge, so exciting. Yep. Right in front of our eyes and like everywhere, right? Like the Olympics. The Olympics, the world stage, girl. I do really want to give a shout out to Kaylin Sheridan too, um, yes. who plays for Team Canada. I went to high school with her. Yes. So this was obviously an exciting moment for her as well. It's huge. But Kaylin so is cool. in the LGBTQ community as well. Yes. Yeah. Like I would love, Kaylin, if you're listening, to have you on the pod to chat about just being a queer person in sports and especially a queer person playing in the Olympics and winning gold. Like we would love to chat with you and catch up with Percy Buns, your uh, old high school pal. Old high school pals. But I just think like I love this transgender news. The more the more representation, the better, whether it's on the cover of Vogue or whether it's on the podium at the Olympics. You can be at the podium at the Olympics or the podium of Girl on Girl because we have a podium. We do. And uh, right now there's no one on it except for us. But we don't want to be on our own podium because like that's not that's not cool. So we would love to have some some others, some others standing on the podium. You know what I mean? Exactly. We can all hold hands together. Oh, kumbaya. 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 What does kumbaya mean? Doesn't it mean peace? Oh, for the prayerful plea to God. A prayerful plea to God. Huh. I don't know if that's actually what it means. Okay, Percy, I love you so much. I can't wait to see you in Vancouver. We're going to lay on the beach and make out. Yes, exactly. I can't wait for that. Yeah, it's just going to be so much fun. And I'm going to go uh catch a plane now (laughs) she's literally about to go catch a plane yeah so god bless me okay well we love you guys love you guys and i love you sarah love you purse (laughs) almost forgot your name (laughs) that was so rude love you uh mm. no i would never forget your name baby Sometimes all I think about is you Late nights and I'm